0: Uh, I'm gonna say no one's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's go. Welcome everybody to the Wednesday, August nineteenth. Hump Day edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Our first order of business here on the show. We now have two days of padded practices underneath of our belt Day three practice is going on now as I speak, as I record. Pro tip, you can follow along, hit subscribe, Locked On Dolphins all throughout the week, Monday through Friday, your team every day. But if you want a little bit more timely delivery of some of this stuff, I definitely recommend checking out USA Today's DolphinsWire.com. Why? I am the managing editor of DolphinsWire.com. So, Lots of content, written content up there to complement and supplement your audio listening podcast needs here on Locked on Dolphins. So, big news of the day, yesterday, Dolphins lost linebacker Vince Beagle. That's where we have to start today's show. What is being reported as a torn left Achilles, which is presumed to put him on the sideline for the remainder of the 2020 season. This is a significant loss for the Dolphins as Beagle was one of the team's best pass rushers throughout the course of the 2019 season after he came to Miami in a player-for-player swap with New Orleans just ahead of the season. The Dolphins had to have felt like the straight-up swap for Kiko Alonso was a win for the team as Beagle proved to be everything the Dolphins are looking for in their defenders. Blue collar, high energy, passionate, tough, But those are all traits that Beagle will not be able to bring to the field this year as his season is over. So where do the Dolphins go from here? That is now the question uh, that the Dolphins, Brian Flores, everyone is trying to figure out how they adjust. If you're looking for silver linings, yes, Vince Beagle was the team's best pass rusher last year and the most productive pass rusher last year. But Vince Beagle did not play at a level that inspired the Dolphins to feel as though they were comfortable with what they had on the edge. And that is why this team went out and spent big money on Emmanuel Ogba from the Kansas City Chiefs and Shaq Lawson from the Buffalo Bills and drafted Curtis Weaver in the fifth round and has Andrew Van Ginkle, the fifth round linebacker from 2019, waiting in the wings. Van Van Ginkle is probably your best bet for who is going to get the first look to replace Vince Beagle. The reason being, he's from the same college defense in Wisconsin that Vince Beagle is from. And Andrew Van Ginkle is a more athletic version of the same player and played the same role as an on-the-ball linebacker that Vince Beagle did. Now, Van Ginkle needed to work on his play strength. That was his big knock. Coming out. He was a Juco transfer, so he only got a couple of years at Wisconsin. And Brian Flores was asked specifically about Andrew Van Ginkle during this morning's press availability, and he actually offered some very promising words about Andrew Van Ginkle. Here's what he had to say I think he's had a good offseason. He really works hard. His strength is up. I think the first to second year leap, as some would call it, is an important one. I think he's kind of taken that seriously and made a lot of improvements. And you can kind of see it in his game right now. Whether or not that translates to on-field production, that remains to be seen. But I'm happy with where he is. That has to be as good of an endorsement as you could possibly get coming into year two. Knowing that this front office and coaching staff, they liked you. That's why they chose to draft you when they did in the fifth round of the first draft class that this regime has put together. Van Ginkle missed the majority of the season last year. He got back on the field after coming off of IR towards the the end of the year. And he looked athletic. He looked mobile. He looked like he was capable of making some plays. But now he has to step into the role of Vince Beagle, which was an early down player who won with effort and second effort as a pass rusher. Nobody's going to confuse Vince Beagle as one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL, and his status as the Dolphins' best pass rushers probably says more about how bad their pass rush room was last year versus necessarily how good Vince Beagle is. Vince Beagle is, was probably going to be a, an early down defender and a rotational pass rusher. Probably was not going to command 80-plus percentage of the snaps that the Dolphins take this year. But how the Dolphins choose to replace him, Van Kinkel's the primary option. 2020 rookie Curtis Weaver is probably going to get a look. He's experienced with playing up and down three and two-point stances at Boise State. But he also has the unenviable task of coming into the league in a year in which nothing is normal. And rookies, especially day three rookies, need a lot of conditions to be right for them to make an impact in the first place. So Curtis Weaver... Starting behind the eight ball, expect to see Vince Beagle be replaced, at least at first, by Andrew Van Ginkle, primarily because you're getting a more athletic skill set, even though he's less powerful at the point of attack, and is used to and exposed to a lot of the same responsibilities Beagle had in college. If you have been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, you are well aware of the affinity that exists for our friends over at Built Bar. And Built Bar took a bit of a sabbatical. They totally revamped their formula for the best protein bars on the face of the planet. And all I can think to myself, if these things were amazing before they revamped it, I can only imagine what they are like after. And you'll be stunned to know they don't disappoint. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever with six new flavors including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, amongst others, plus 12 original flavors including raspberry, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, which is one of my favorites, orange, a low-key sleeper, double chocolate, and many others. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, whether you're looking for losing some weight, whether you're looking for protein at the end of your workout. Built Bar can fill that void for you. These are very healthy, they're keto friendly, they're high in protein, 19 grams of protein in most of these bars, and under 200 calories per bar. One seventh of grams in sugar and carbohydrates of what you typically get in a protein bar. And right now, we have reset the promo code for the relaunch. So if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, you'll get $10 off your next order, not your first order, your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON and save $10 off, plus a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. What else is on our plate today here? Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, Eric Rowe, Mike Iseki, some of the guys that had a chance to speak with the media yesterday, had a chance to ask them both questions that I wanted to dive into a little bit here on the show. But before we do, I definitely want to make sure I acknowledge the USA Today revised forecast for the Dolphins 2020 season. They first did this back in June, I think, so it's been, it's been close to two months, and the Dolphins did not get a lot of love the first time they did this exercise. They forecasted the Dolphins to finish last in the AFC East, which had me heated very heated I'm not going to lie uh they do not finish last in the newest forecast they finish 3rd in the AFC East take it for what you will uh the forecast for the AFC East according to USA Today Sports Buffalo Bills 10 and 6 New England Patriots 9 and 7 Miami Dolphins 7 and 9 New York Jets 3 and 13 how bad is that 3 and 13 worry not it's not a top two pick. It's actually not a top three pick. Jets would be picking fourth in this forecast. Uh, Carolina Panthers, New York Giants, Jacksonville Jaguars, top three picks in this forecast. Uh, but the Dolphins at 7-9 and nine would finish as somewhere between the ninth and twelfth worst team in football. That forecast is a little bit more favorable. I believe they were 5-11 and 11 the first time. Uh, I think they, they they probably just gave the Dolphins two wins over the Jets and called it a day <laughs> and flipped the script. Um, this would be based on my own personal expectations for the Dolphins. This would still feature some unlucky bounces of the ball along the way uh, for the Dolphins to come up 7-9 and nine with a losing record. I think my realistic forecast for this team is between seven and nine wins. So for this team to come out on the bottom end of that spectrum, of course, this team's not lucky. And that's the view of USA Today. But you look at the forecast, obviously playing the Jets twice, playing New England and Buffalo twice apiece. Three wins should be the expectation for Dolphins fans in the AFC East at a minimum. I think this team can go four and two against the division. And if you do that and you go 500 against the rest of your schedule, which would be five and five, you're talking about a nine win season. That's kind of where I I, I land. If they're going to get unlucky, okay, eight and eight. So I don't think this is an egregious forecast. But if you want a silver lining for USA Today's forecast, they have the Texans also going 7-9. Which means the Dolphins are also going to be picking twice inside the top 12 picks in each of the first two rounds in next year's NFL draft. Or at least they will be scheduled to be. How the Dolphins choose to tackle uh, the shifting in availability for the pre-draft process and so on and so forth, that's kind of up for debate, will be a very fascinating subplot along the way as well. But we got a season to play first, right? Even me as a draft guy, we got pads on now. I'm like, all right, let's talk, let's talk about the players. Uh, so with that in mind, let's do that. Let's talk about the players. Let's talk about uh, who we had a chance to speak with yesterday. Starting first and foremost with with Mike Gusecki, I appreciated his attitude towards the question that I had the chance to ask him I asked him, I said, you know, Mike, this is your third NFL offense in as many seasons at the pro level. How have your experiences through your first two seasons as a pro prepared you to take another scheme change in stride and build upon what you finished last year with? Uh, And you can even extrapolate that further, by the way. Mike Kisecki has had five offensive coordinators in seven years. Going back to his freshman season at Penn State, he had John Donovan and Joe Moorhead uh, each two years at Penn State, then Dow Loggins, Chad O'Shea, and Al chang Five offenses. And uh, Mike's statement to that question, it's just something new again this year, but at the end of the day, it's just football. So you got to come out, know your role, know your assignment, and go out and execute to the best of your ability. That's really all that you can do no matter who's calling the plays or what the plays are called or all that kind of stuff. So at the end of the day, it's just football. And you listen to anybody who's been in the league and kind of experienced some of, I'm really enjoying YouTube series by J.T. O'Sullivan, quarterback, former NFL quarterback. And what he does on his YouTube channel is he'll actually break out plays, the same exact play in different NFL playbooks, and it illustrates the different verbiage and vocabulary that's that's relayed with those plays is how you communicated in that system. But mesh is mesh, and smash is smash, and dagger is dagger, and four verts is four verts. No matter where you play it, the concept is the same. So to hear my to hear Mike say it's just football, know your role, know your assignment, and execute to the best of your ability. It's just football, right? And, And Mike having three offensive coordinators in three years, so long as he, and based on what his position coach said he did with Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, which was work with Fitzpatrick 101, to understand the entirety of the concepts of the offense, that expanded knowledge will allow not just Mike, but any player on any team in any system to absorb and kind of be fluid with the personnel changes because you understand the concepts. And that's something you've also heard Dolphins coaches talk about before is we teach them concepts, we don't teach them positions. So that way you understand the entirety of the picture. You can fit in and fill any piece of that puzzle as you are required to do as the coaches ask you to do it. So for Mike to kind of have that big picture perspective on playbooks and systems, and it's just football. Just understand your concept and your assignment. That's really promising because that is kind of a general core mentality of anybody who's been in the league a couple of years and has uh, been forced to endure the same things. You either get that or you don't. You either get that this is a new language that you communicate the same information or every time it becomes overwhelming because you're trying to learn new information that, quite honestly, is just the same concepts prepackaged in different ways. Ted Karras said the same thing on Monday when I asked him about you know, the challenges of learning his first new offensive system since 2016. He says, I'm really relishing learning a new language of football. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list, so give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now directly to your front door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Just open the DoorDash app, Select your favorite local restaurant that is available for delivery, select your favorite meal, and your food will be left right at your front door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero in delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order and zero in delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. That's code locked on for five dollars off your first order with DoorDash. Another really enjoyable discussion yesterday in the press conference took place with Eric Rowe. Rowe came to Miami from New England via Philadelphia via the Utah Utes program, uh, and was a top former top fifty pick of the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, he kind of bounced around different positions. Uh, between Philadelphia and New England, and ultimately Miami, before he really settled in on the back half of the year, in coverage against tight ends as a strong safety, and uh, I had known based on working in the NFL draft circles that Eric had played safety at Utah and then transferred his se- or transitioned his senior year to play some cornerback, and that tape was what got him drafted to Philadelphia to play corner. And then he gets traded to New England and he's tasked with playing in the nickel and then he's tasked with playing outside corner there and then he comes to Miami and he's tasked with playing outside corner before kicking into strong safety. So like he has really checked every box that you can check for a defensive back because of the assignments that he has been tasked to fill since he started playing at the collegiate level uh, with Utah. And that was one of the things that he shared with Omar Kelly, the Sun Sentinel, asked the question uh, about the toughest part of the transition for him. He said, even though I did play safety in college, I was mainly a free safety, so I was in the post a lot. I didn't really have to deal with run fits and all of that. So when I made the transition for Miami, that was probably the most difficult thing, knowing that I actually have a gap that I need to fit, and it's not like a corner who has D-gap or the outside contain. That's easy. There's some plays I actually have to read offensive linemen, watch the pull, and that happens fast. And at the same time, I focus on the tight end in case it's a pass play. So that's probably the most difficult thing for me was trying to pick up on the run game, try to understand fronts because now I've got to understand what front our defensive end or our defensive line is in. A lot more nuance here. So I had followed up with him on that discussion point and asked him, you know, did your training change at all this offseason? with this being your first offseason, going into knowing, hey, I'm going to play strong safety. And it kind of became this tale of two offseasons for him. So what he's done before training camp versus what he's done now in training camp as he communicated it uh, was kind of two of the different dynamics of where he knew he wanted and needed to get better, which was in coverage against tight ends. And focusing on the run fits. He said, it's tough to train run fits in the offseason. I can't ask like four or five guys, hey, you pull, you block down, you do this, you do that. So my off season training was working on my man technique, press, because I know that's like 90% of our defense is playing man. I just kept with the same off season, off season training, working on my feet, working on my hands, working on my route technique, and then I know it's usually supposed to be OTAs, but now this year it's training camp, working on a lot of run fits, kind of seeing the run quicker, working on all that. So... Rowe acknowledging, I want to get better in press and play coverage against tight ends and continue to thrive in that area, but also acknowledging his two focuses. He has to almost segment them and, and, and almost had to put the run fits on the back burner until he had the opportunity to get the reps. So the good news is Eric was very good in coverage against tight ends already last year and just wanting to continue to get better there and then trying and hoping that the the reps he gets in training camp and in the build-up to the season, that kind of allows, plus what he played last year and the experience that he got last year, will allow him to kind of have some of that second nature of processing run and pass. Because as he said, that was the biggest difference versus his experiences at safety at Utah versus his experiences here in Miami. The good news is, Rowe has been through so many of these transitions and he's been charged with playing in so many different spaces over the course of his playing career that like, he is used to constantly shifting his focus and picking up and processing new information. So as long as Eric stays healthy, I feel really good about Eric being a piece of the puzzle for Miami, not just in like the here and now, not just in 2020, but like for the next several seasons, Eric Rowe should be, he's effectively filling the role the Dolphins wanted Minka Fitzpatrick to play. Think about it. The Dolphins constantly put Minka in coverage against tight ends throughout the course of training camp last year. All Minka did was complain about it. You got somebody who's actually team-oriented in Eric Rowe. And after some of the trials and tribulations that Eric had early in his career with the injuries and getting traded out of Philadelphia just wants to play, man. I don't give a shit what I do. Just let me play. And that eagerness to play and get on the field and that attitude that he's going to bring. And and really, he was an enjoyable talk the entirety of his media session. So uh, definitely enjoyed getting a chance to ask him a little bit about how he approached his offseason focus and him acknowledging that, yeah, we're, we're kind of, Working in two parts here, and training camp is the other big piece of the puzzle for my run fit. So, uh, Dolphins wrapping up practice this morning. The Dolphins will be having several players meet with the media this afternoon. And then we'll wash, rinse, repeat, and keep on churning closer and closer to the start of the 2020 season, which we are all very excited about. So, make sure you hit subscribe and follow along with this ride. It's going to be a hell of a year, and this is year two of what is looking to be a very promising and exciting rebuild. I purposely did not talk about the quarterbacks today because I want to make sure I get as much attention on the quarterbacks as possible tomorrow. So how did Tua look today in day three? He's a little bit of up and down. Brian Flores acknowledged that this morning. Josh Rosen playing pretty good, sounds like, including compliments from one of his biggest critics last summer. So that'll be tomorrow's show. We're going to talk quarterbacks. So make sure you come on back and see me then. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, signing off. Thanks as always, and I hope to see you again tomorrow.